Welcome to Bloody Good Horror. everybody and welcome back to bloody good horror my name is eric and i'll be your host this evening where we will be reviewing the conjuring colon the devil made me do it what a title joining me tonight first up the witchiest witch of bloody good horror please welcome cc to the show hello she's got a fun little um cc's life easter egg for y'all later but we'll have to wait to get to that <laughs> next up on the show from indiana please welcome casey Hello. And last up tonight from New York City. Where are you? You're in Maryland right now. You're going to be back in New York. It's a whole thing. Please welcome John Schnars to the show. Yes, Eric. John, you finally did it. You pulled your hair back for the show. Congratulations on your man bun. I like mm-hmm. it. I don't know when it qualifies as a man. It's more bun like a man. Like, it's more like a man messy ponytail kind of kind of situation. Okay. Well, so my wife has told me I'm not allowed to do a ponytail where it's like like it like hangs. So like I like this. I do. Yeah. Well, exactly. I do the double wrap and then I tuck it. So like, is that a bun? I don't know. What, what qualifies? You, as you're a halfway bun? there, buddy. I mean, I would say that it's a bun. Then it's a man bun. Yeah. I love it. If it's a bun, CZ, it's a man bun. We gotta Excuse get it. Excuse me, yes. You look like look. you're about to sell me, like you're like a Scandinavian business consultant. Like you're about to sell me on some kind of like Scandinavian, like just plan for my business. Are you interested? Because I like I, we could get into this. that, or you're like a Jehovah's Witness, like with that shirt. You you a little bit look like you're gonna show up on somebody's doorstep with a pamphlet, kind of. It's actually like sky blue, not um. Yeah, I, they wear white usually. I well, think. John, The Conjuring. The devil made me do it. I, you know, I really like this title. I like titles that treat me like I am just the dumbest person imaginable. That's my favorite kind of title. <laughs> Eric, can I ask you a trivia, conjuring trivia question? Please. Which, and maybe hopefully you didn't see this or, you know, and anyone, uh, CC or Casey can guess, uh, which installment in the conjuring universe is this number wise? Three. Ugh. Is three? It's the third in the Conjuring yeah. series, like, but in what mm. is called what we've affectionately dubbed the Wannaverse, this is the X film. Thirteen. Oh no, the idea. End, I should say no. No, idea. no, it's not that many, but I mean, I, I mean, listen, John, you bring up a good point. It's a good time to point out that um, when you when you hear people out there, John, in the Twitterverse calling it the Wannaverse, that was us. Like a decade ago, bro. We started it. We've, I just put we've been on the Wanniverse for a while. Yeah. No, well, and this isn't, uh, when I say Conjuring Universe, like they are treating this as like an MCU, like we're building a universe situation with the whole like, uh, you know, Ed and Lorraine's cabinet Here, of curiosity. Here's what I remember about the Conjuring. Yeah. Um, the hands clap next to Vera Farmiga's head. That mm-hmm. was in the trailer for the first one, right? Was the second one set in the UK? Was that the, a Conjuring movie? Okay, and yes. that one's got 
the weird, creepy dude in the hallway that comes out of a toy or something. The, the crooked man, right? I think I they're think, making. Yep. I think they're spinning off. I think so. It is. That is the next film to come. Is called the Crooked Man. Ah, because the, the nuns. It's the, the nun came film. from these two, right? Yeah. So uh, this is the eighth film. In wow. The are you sure that's it? Because you're. Are you counting Insidious, Annabelle, and these? No, no. So Insidious is not technically related. I mean, Patrick Wilson's in both of those movies. Oh, right. As so like you're a okay. So we're talking about so. Conjuring. Yeah, no. But when I say Wandaverse, I include Insidious. I, totally, Wandaverse yeah. is different from Conjuring Universe. But um, yeah, in what Wikipedia, Wikipedia has a page on the Conjuring Universe, and they call this the eighth film. Got it. It's Conjuring, Annabelle, Conjuring Two, Annabelle Two. The Nun. Just imagine, John, all these movies for two people that I saw in documentary footage have a chicken in their kitchen or had a chicken <laughs> in their kitchen. Yeah, just yeah. In, just in a cage, just in the middle of their kitchen. Like two I mean, normal functioning, you know, what? mentally stable adults have a chicken yeah. in their kitchen. Two adults in a kitchen that may or may not contain a chicken. Yeah, and according to John's research, maybe also a 15-year-old girl that Ed Warren took on as a lover. That was CC's research. research. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's How CC's dare research. you? <laughs> um, you know, just just normal cool people, John, that we want to make movies about. Mm-hmm. Um, I have so much to say. So much to say. Let's uh, let's get right into it, I guess, guys. Let's take a quick break and discuss The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. <laughs> the front time. You know what's interesting? The eighth film in the Conjuring universe, there are eight words in The Conjuring The Devil Made Me Do It. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, do you, are you. Not to go real? all Alex Jones on you here, but I'm just saying connect the dots, people. <laughs> there is. Connect the dots. <laughs> wow. Seems like less than that. Okay. I thought you were counting the colon for a second. Yeah. Here. There's part of me, John, that really wants to, there's kind of like this, I, you're not on Twitter, so you wouldn't see this, Mm. but anytime these movies come out, there's definitely like this debate where you're kind of having, not debate, but this discussion we're having pre-show about the Warrens as human beings and like the merit of giving, you know, paying credence to that while still just trying to just enjoy a horror movie. And part of me kind of feels like, um, with all of this, it's 2021. Like we know too much. If you had showed me these movies in 1983 or something, well, first of all, I would have yeah. been one years old. That wouldn't really matter. <laughs> Let's say 1990. And, um, you know, no internet to go look it up. Cool. I'll just enjoy this for what it is. But like, we can't go back people. The shroud has no. been lifted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We can't, we can't as a horror community pretend to have all of these socially conscious discussions and then be like, well, whatever. The Warrens are fine. The movies are entertaining. Like, you, I don't, I don't think yeah. you can separate them. In my opinion. well, and they're getting paid, or uh, yeah. Lorraine is because Ed's yeah, dead, Lorraine right? Is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't know. Maybe they're not getting paid that much. It's all going. They're, they're it's all going something. to the chicken. Oh, the work. She made sure they're getting paid a lot. I'm sure. She, yeah. Well, and she's definitely able to like monetize. Like, she can like show up at cons and be like, "What, CC? Yeah. Meet tell, the real Lorraine." Cece, tell us. Tell the audience here what you were telling us before show just about their <laughs> the contracts. 
So I thought that was interesting. Um, so there is a Hollywood Reporter article that came out. Um, let me. Was it for oh, this movie or was it for one of your earlier ones? That's what I was No, it was for an earlier one because this came out December 13th of 2017. Mm-hmm. So um, basically, like, it's talking about how the Conjuring franchise does a lot to really focus on the um, love and, you know, faith-based, just, you know, love conquers all type of um, faith slash, true story. Faith slash gazebo-based love. Yes, of Ed and Lorraine Warren, Um, which like, I mean, we get like, I mean, I understand that movies can take liberties, but um, it's really, it's, I feel like it's more than a liberty because um, studio executives were made aware just after the first opening in 2013 that there were allegations that um, Ed initiated a relationship with an underage girl of 15 with Lorraine's knowledge and essentially continued this relationship for like 30 or 40 years, um, ended up having, a, well, it, getting this woman pregnant, this girl who became a woman under this rela- <laughs> this quote unquote relationship, essentially groomed that this out. girl. And then Lorraine made her have a, have an abortion and that seems basically like, a like they've godly thing to do. What? That seems like a godly oh, thing yeah. to do. <laughs> yes. So, um, you know, basically, even though, you know, even in the 60s and 70s, like a teenage girl moving in with a married man, like attracted attention and they tried to um, like tried to push it off as like she was a niece or that she was like, you know, a poorly girl that they've like taken in under charity and they um, tried like, to weird, tried to even if she's poor. Super, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Super weird, even if she was, you know, somebody they took in during charity but anyway um Lorraine made sure that to have their you know the rights for this um these based on a true story movies that they only focused on the you know true love between Lorraine and Ed and would never mention this other woman Penny or this girl who became a woman Penny (laughs) and um you know that's why you have such a uh, such a focus, and you know, uh, you know, in, um, uh, <laughs> importance directed well, at how um, you know their love is what can overcome these. Uh, I also uh, personally, <laughs> and we're gonna we'll get into it. Like how I mean, it's relevant for starters because, as we'll discuss here shortly, it's very much at the heart of this movie. But also, yeah. like. I can't personally separate it when you are shoving the true story thing so far down my throat. Like yeah. it's just, it's, it's all, almost fourth kind levels in the beginning of this movie of like, based on a true real story that really happened. Plus the name of the, the title of this movie came from Ed's first excuse to Lorraine back when that whole relationship started. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the patience Casey just showed to get that zinger in. I really appreciate it. I like it, Casey. Solid. All right, John Schnars, please bring us the word of the day. Eric, today's word is coat. Mm-hmm. That is C O T E coat. Anybody familiar with this one? This was a new word for me. That's why I was excited. Uh, It is, it's a a synonym for kennel. It's a shelter for mammals or birds. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, 
used most often when when you're talking about like the the little like how like a pigeon hut. If you want to be proper about it, you'd call it a coat. So that comes to us uh, from the old English. Say they they think it's a, a shortened version of the word cottage of Germanic origin. Oh, Germanic, John, you're familiar. And what um, what does that have to do with this movie? So, <clears throat> I guess let's try to. I mean, the the basic plot here is, is pretty straightforward. And I think as we've already started, the more interesting things to talk about are the like kind of surrounding elements of this. Um, so, the the story at the center of the devil made made me do it is a murder, wherein a uh, young man. He's like 20, something like that, um, becomes possessed. We can talk about how he basically invites a demon into him as part of an exorcism for his girlfriend's younger brother. The younger brother is like eight. This 20 year old is like helping with the exorcism, invites the demon into him. The demon goes into him. And then after the demon goes into him, he kills this guy who they are living with. Now, this guy is like, uh, the guy he kills, not a super sympathetic murder victim. Um, he's running a kennel where they are like living above the kennel and he and his girlfriend like help run the place. Um, and this guy like doesn't seem to like animals. I don't know, that was my takeaway. Uh, was also a drunk, like it was just like very not a good situation. Um, but he kills this guy um, and this case becomes famous at least like if you believe the film and I didn't like research this case in real life that much or anything, but um, because he actually used an affirmative defense. So an affirmative defense is usually like self-defense. Like, I, I, yeah, I killed this guy, but I, I had to because I was defending myself. He uses the affirmative defense of he was possessed by the devil. And so, yes, he killed this guy, but you know, the devil made him do it. Um, Ed and Lorraine get involved and, uh, they investigate and they discover that he really was possessed by the devil. But spoiler alert, he still goes to prison. So I really who, love the who scene. really wins. I really love the scenes with the uh I guess it was the defense attorney or something. Like <laughs> <laughs> trying to get the warrants to like convince her that she should bring this case and say like that it's he's not guilty because the devil made him do it. And they're just like, Well, we're God. Yeah. God though. And she's like, <laughs> oh, Oh, okay. That's not really yeah. how this works. Okay. Uh, yeah. Very fun. All right. Yeah, it's good. The devil, the devil made me do it. Cece, what do you think of this movie? Um, I mean, I didn't like it. Um, I think that it is hard for me um, to separate the the warrant, like what I know about the warrants in their movies. Um, but, you know, I liked the first Conjuring. Um, the second one, I really wasn't that into. And then this one, I don't know, like, it just seemed, it seemed to be very flat. And um, I, I, I'm not sure what it was. It could have just been me. But um, I don't know, like, even the the jump scares and, you know, everything that we're like we've just seen better exorcism movies, I guess is what it boils down to for me. And I felt like, you know, if you're going to go down that route, you have to do it at least as good as 
other movies have done and it just didn't do that for me. Um, it's also very hard. I'm realizing that as more and more movies are being made in Georgia, that it's, um, extremely difficult for me to remove myself from places that I know. And (laughs) I love it. The priests, the priest's house, um, that they go to and basically where all of, you know, um, like the tunnels that, um, (laughs) the, the, Yeah, where the demons live. Um, I had my senior pictures taken at that mill. So it's really hard to be like, oh, this is super spooky because it's not like. So I wanted to ask about that. Like, was it like a known place that like, was it like special to you or was it like a place that other people went to get their pictures? No, I mean, this is like people go and picnic there all the time. Like, this is a very popular, like you would. And it's not like it's not hidden away. Like you literally turn off of a highway onto a another like main road and you pass it going to our high school. And (laughs) I mean, it's like, it's visible from the road. So it's not like hidden away. It's not like a, you know, a little like, you know, Oh, this is a cute, quaint little thing that you have to drive through. No, not at all. This is uh, a, well, and I forgot, I I didn't mention when I was talking about the the story, but it's supposed to take place in New England. So they like because the Warrens I think are from Massachusetts, right? That's what I, mean, I was yeah. thinking. Eric I knew it is was my local Massachusetts, northern, but yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't know, John. I'm not sure. There's probably like a Warrens museum you could visit. Cool. <laughs> I thought at one point you could visit their house. I don't know that you can still do that, but you could at one point because they would let you visit the um, their like collection of haunted things. Mm. Um, yeah, but, you know, it I was don't... New England. They, they, it's in 1952, the Warrens founded the New England Society for Psychic Research, the oldest ghost hunting group in New England. <laughs> there you go. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I like, um, you know, Patrick uh, Wilson and Vera from whatever her last name is. Yes. So, you know, it's not... I think I, I went in already kind of biased towards this movie and it just didn't really do anything to help itself outside of that for me. Casey. First off, that noise was my arm on my desk. It was not me elsewhere. Um, I've been <laughs> super big on the conjuring movies in the past. The first two, they were okay. And too many jump scares and stuff like that. This movie didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of expectations and it lived up to those limited expectations it's just not movie it's kind of a bog standard possession movie that they just kind of tried to change things up a little bit and change the order around a little bit and it's not to say the movie is terrible it's watchable and like cc said patrick wilson vera formiga they're awesome it's hard for me to separate from the uh, real life warrens too so it takes some out of it i would say though in this particular movie I would give them kudos for trying to back away some from the constant jump scares that the first two movies are known from. They try, It felt like they tried to back away from that a little bit, give us a little bit more meat to the story, and they kind of made more characters, I think, out of the Warrens than trying to keep them as just the real-life Warrens. Even though they had that true story disclaimer at the beginning, it felt like they kind of stepped away from that a little bit, but it really felt kind of flat. There's just not a whole lot of excitement to it for me. John. I hated this movie. <laughs> um, I actually 
like hate it more the more I have to think about it. Um, and here's the thing: I don't. I, well, I don't give a shit about the Warrens. Like I like I don't think about them. I didn't know anything about them before these movies came out. Like um, I've not like read too much about them. Although like maybe I should. I don't know. Like maybe, but like this movie. It has so many issues. Um, mostly, I would say it's a it, like it is like the way that it's structured. I mean, so Casey, you said it's it is a very straightforward possession film. Like the case at the center of this thing, if told just like in chronological order, it would be the most boring goddamn movie on the planet. Like nothing happens. This kid goes to prison. He sits in prison. They have this like scene that they, you know, they clearly invented. Like it wasn't like this really happened where he's like in the like prison infirmary and getting basically exercised by like the <laughs> ba- like the the uh, prison priest just happens to like know how to like deliver exercise. I don't know. Don't forget no, they let don't forget they let his girlfriend in too. Yeah, well, exactly. and his girlfriend just could like hang with him whenever she wanted. I mean, like there's a lot of those kinds of they have to construct these dramatic moments because there's just not natural drama to the story. The other way they try to imbue this film with drama is via the Warrens and their relationship. And so like with the added context of what CC was talking about, which I had no idea about before we got on the call today, um, it, it's like even more absurd because like it doesn't even feel that real in the movie. And I think I, I would put it less on the actors than on the scripting, like just asking us to care so much about their marriage and their relationship. Mm-hmm. And it just never really feels earned. And it's important because the climax of the film is basically Patrick Wilson, Ed becoming possessed with the demon and attacking Lorraine and like us caring that he like, Maybe he's going to kill her, although he's obviously not going to because it's a goddamn movie about their relationship. But, <laughs> so it, the whole thing, it's just this. Um, I would say this uniquely among the three, at least if we're just talking about the Conjuring films, it's just really poorly constructed narratively. Um, I do think and I was looking, I should have mentioned at the top, this is directed by this guy, um, uh, Michael Chavez. He, he, we know him because he directed Curse of La Llorona which is the sixth film in the Conjuring universe, the Conjureverse. I don't know. I, can I test drive that one right now? Um, <laughs> I guess. He, False. <laughs> but so he directed Curse of La, La Llorona, which was not a great movie, but did have similar to like Casey, the way you described this, like I would say it had some jump scares, but that was another one that like they really were trying to make like an atmospheric spooky horror movie. He definitely he's not a bad director. Like he, he has like a flair for at least the sort of cinematography elements that should make this, you know, more than it, than it is. It's just not enough. And like, I don't know, there just weren't enough scary moments. And then the scary, I don't know. Now I'm just got like ranting, but like, we should talk about some of the scary moments. Like there's like this corpse dude, like this, like, overweight naked corpse man oh that like we're supposed to be like scared of and you know like what the corpse is like times. it's like um do you remember those really cheap rc cars when we were kids on a cord that only went forward yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what it's yeah. like that's all he does he can't turn 
Like he just no. runs and they move out of the way and he falls. Like that's basically. And he stands happens. and stares at them. And it happens for more than like once. two minutes before he runs. Like it reminded me of one of the characters from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Like yes, he did. Yes. Just like like the blo- like a you know bloated version of yeah. that. Well, with less. I don't know. I think there was more peen visible in well, this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I think Colleen yeah. found the naked Batman with the long greasy hair kind of triggering. <laughs> this movie is kind of interesting. There's just a lot. There's weirdly like there's just a lot to unpack. Um, I'll start with things I liked. I think to John's point, I found. This movie starts out with an exorcism that I can only describe as like a WWE match. It's like, yes, this eight year old (laughs) kid is possessed and kicking the ever loving shit out of everybody in this room. Like Mm -hmm. dishes are flying and knocking the priest out. He's like stabbing people viscerally. And it's just so funny. Well, if you remember John, like early on when they started cranking on sequels to these, you were the one who would say like, the problem with a ghost movie like this is that at some point there isn't like a physical threat. The non non corporeal or yes, like corporeal yes. threat is the word that you use. That I'm not going to pretend. I, like I, was, I love that you. I'm not going to pretend like I was nice. smart enough to use that word. But <laughs> it's interesting. So what's happened is they kind of caught on to that, and as they kept making movies, and it's like we're getting scare inflation now, which yeah, is yeah. at least entertaining. I will say that. Like that did that. Well, yeah, I will go to bat for the exorcism scene that starts this movie while also acknowledging it's kind of absurd. Like you kind of I, have to say both things. I want to come yeah. back to it because I will take the opposite side of this argument in that I think it is, we've gotten to the point where these are basically like action movies and it's kind of a little bit. But sorry, yeah. continue. Um, I think that of a lot of these Wanniverse movies, definitely like I really haven't liked the Annabelle movies almost at all. Um, you know, I, this is visually I think stronger than a lot of these movies. Like I think there are some pretty, um, Hey, maybe inspired is too strong, but just some like pretty strong spooky visuals in this movie and, and like sequences, like the whole sequence where he stabs the dude, like the murder scene itself, I think is really well done where he's basically seeing things that aren't happening. Um, it's pretty tense. I liked the, my issue was like, I liked those kids, those characters. I liked that weird, just like, non-traditional setting of their living together in this weird seven or eighties, like uh dog shelter thing or whatever. It's just, that's different. Like I enjoyed that. The problem is that like, that's not really what the movie's about and the pacing and the structure are a hot ass mess. Like it's, <laughs> you see like a whole movie almost in the first 25 minutes and it's yeah. all about these kids and like this thing. Although I think it's basically a law and order. Yeah. Like sped up. Yeah. (laughs) But then once that ends the movie and this is, man, I talk about this. This is a big pet peeve of mine. It's like a thing that people try to do. Like, I guess you'd call it like a non-traditional narrative kind of thing where you start where your first act is almost this encapsulated thing. And then you shift gears into something else. It drives me crazy because I just have a lot of problem, like reorienting myself. And the problem here is that what we're reorienting to is this just silly, I think, love story about the Warrens. Um, I'm I'm doing I'm trying my best here to separate my feelings on the Warrens. It's fine. Sure. But well, the, and the, the love story, by the way, is not a love story. It's just no. about the time they met. They, they and met they, like, and kissed, kissed at a gazebo and yeah. they were married. And, and, and it's and like I, that's too like I'm glad you're bringing that up because it's not you can you can separate the Warrens from this movie. But if you're gonna make me focus on the love story or this great marriage, like that's a very flat, like 
explanation or description of it. Agreed. And I also think that like, yes, like Vera Farmiga and, um, handsome McChinner. What's his name? Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. He's, I believe he's referred you to know, as a scream hunk. I heard someone. Yes, use that they're term. good actors. I think she's probably in a, in a league above him, but like these characters are so silly. And I think the thing to me is like, they are, um, overly like earnest and self-serious to the point of kind of being like parodies and like very maudlin. Yeah. It's like, there is not a single ounce of humility of humor, of irony. Like, I don't need to be cracking jokes, but show me that you're a human and not just a person drinking your own Jesus Kool-Aid. Like, in particular, this whole thread about, uh, like, they really, John, you said over email, it's like they've become Marvel characters with their superpowers. Vera Farmiga is, like, straight almost feral at points in this movie. Her ass is just running through the woods following her visions. He's just, he's just running behind her trying to like pick up everything. She's just falling. And like, it's so ridiculous. It's not, I don't know what other word to like describe <laughs> it. Um, man, like, you know, we're, we're saying here, I think we're like giving the film too much credit by saying, Oh, they're really fleshing the Warrens out here. Like not really in the way no. that I would, not in the way that you think of fleshing out characters as making them three dimensional and complicated you know what i mean it's just really really what it is we're just getting more of them more of the same kind of surface bs that we've gotten here um so the shift back to the warrens really just as a number on the pacing i think it takes the film away from what's most interesting it doesn't help like it doesn't help that what i will say is that i i love this dark whoever this dark priestess lady is like i want to know more about her as an actress because I really, even in the midst of all this other stuff going on, this lady freaking brings it, man. Like she is. So Eric, dedic- I think the- it's it's the same actress who plays the nun, like oh, okay. the creepy, scary um, nun. I don't. I don't think no, it is. I don't think that's true. I'm looking. She's in this movie, unless she's just like maybe she was just in there as the nun. No, I think there's a flash. Isn't showed? there a flash or something? Yeah, there anyway, was a flash of the nun. I love this lady. I love her whole dark priestess shtick. I like visually, like I actually, only because I think it makes, it picks up the pace of the movie. I like this whole thread about, you know, um, Lorraine Warren sort of like astrally projects to like see things that are happening and they run into each other in the further kind of. And like the the dark priestess lady can see her. And so then that that presents a more, real world threat to Lorraine Warren than we've ever had. That's sort of, it's a, that's a big source of the narrative tension in the second and third acts. It's silly, but it's like, I just loved her, man. She's hamming it the hell up. It adds like an actual human villain to these movies that they've never really had. I loved it. I loved her, her, her dark altar and her like underground things. I, you know, I loved all that stuff. So like on a, just a cheesy movie level, I could very much appreciate that. Um, I just don't, it, it just so much of it is so weird. This movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I didn't like, I wasn't that bored. How's that? It's not, well, it's not that uh, it's boring. Like there's shit happening all the time. Yeah. But that's like, when I say they become like action movies, that's like another part of it where it's like, there's no moment where they're not trying to like ramp you into the next yeah. moment. Like they, Look like a lot of <laughs> well, that's like, what I mean. These I movies, like these movies started like a lot out of horror movies is like atmosphere these and mo- like yes. pacing. These movies started <laughs> out as like, and I think 
it's it's easy to forget this. They started out as very subtle. What they were basically doing, Insidious started it, Conjuring really nailed it. Like James Wan and like these people working with him, they were really bringing back visual and sound like tropes that made 70s horror films and 80s horror films like The Changeling or something really scary. Like yeah. movies in the early 2000s were not using slow zooms until Insidious and The Conjuring. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. were really just employing old school horror techniques and bringing them back and doing them incredibly well. Like you look at that face clapping scene that works because it's a very, it's just a, it's like a, you know, high level understanding of the mechanics of scary movies basically. But now, like you said, it's, it's just, everything's cranked to 11 and you're losing the subtlety, yeah. but maybe you have to, when you make eight of these things, that's the other thing. Like if you're I'm, not going to, if you're you. not going to rest that- it, you got to do something. Yeah, I mean, I think that for me, the Sinister series works. Like, I really enjoy all three. All Well, I guess there's four now, aren't there? I like all of the Sinister movies, and I think that they do what you're talking about a lot better than The Conjuring the yeah. whole situation. Like, The Conjuring for me, like, if you're going to... I, I mean, like I, I get the the throwback and trying to focus on you know the atmosphere and the slow zoom and like these like you know not jump scares but this like atmospheric scare like it it's just well so and it's not even really special. like what, kind of what I'm saying is that that's not even what it is anymore because it's more right. from this other thing yeah sure. well and you could I don't know this it. I like, like I said earlier, I liked how they moved away from some of the their tropes in this, but then it feels like with the stuff with the Warrens and their love story, we've had two movies with the Warrens. We knew they were in love. It was never in question, so why do we have to right. cover their love story? Well, that that's part of it. Is like there's too much plot. Like when I say that they're like jumping, like they're, there's like they're ramping, they're constantly like ramping you into the next moment. It's like they're just trying to cram too much plot. Like. The whole Warren love story thing, I guess like you have to, they probably felt like they had to do it to make the Ed and Lorraine thing at the end, like the climax makes sense if you hadn't seen the other films. But like, I don't know, like the movies are about them. Like, just fucking. I mean, it's all, listen, it's all just like they made a decision that the tension in the third act of this movie would be because there's a physical threat to Lorraine Warren. Right. So then they step back. They're like, okay, how do we make it feel bigger? Okay. We're going to pump up this love story. He, oh, it's so sweet. She has his heart pills for, you know, like (laughs) it's very, that's my issue. When that that happened, I was like, come on. That's my issue. And I think that people listen, God, John, this is just one of those things where like, I don't even, I feel like I'm speaking another language sometimes because you're not on Twitter. There's just like, there is a discourse on film Twitter, especially recently and like horror Twitter that it's like, it's almost becoming not okay to say when movies like are not good because people are like, well, if you don't like it, you should just be nice. Let's like, yeah, but like, no, I wouldn't. I am. Well, this is why I'm not on Twitter. Cause like, fuck off. Like, yeah, no, it's a yeah. Movie bad, like, I agree. And bad. like, if you really start looking at movies critically, then something like this whole, it becomes very transparent when in the third act of a movie, they're like trying to ramp up my, um, you know, fear for uh, Lorraine Warren and like, and then they're giving me the slow motion gazebo flashbacks. I'm like, I get it. Like I have heartstrings, but you're not near that. Like this is not, yeah. it's not doing it for me. I just, 
my concern would be like, what are the next films possibly going to be? Like the Warren films, because like, why use this story at all? Like the fact, so going back to like the main murder story, the fucking guy kills one person, goes to prison for it, sits in prison. The entire rest of the movie is convicted of the crime but like, so they have to turn that narrative because I assume that was like a real thing that happened that the uh, Warrens the like may or may not me, have been involved with. The movie told they me it was turn- real, John. Sorry? The movie told me well, it was yeah, real. Yeah, the movie told us it was. <laughs> no, but like, then they have to turn that into a movie. Like, why use that? Like, why not come up with imagine a different this, one? Why not imagine this. Why not just make this. something Listen, up? Imagine right. a series, imagine a series in which Farmiga and Wilson are like modern day normal people like who laugh about themselves are very yeah. well fleshed out and go and, and, and get themselves involved in like wholly original possession slash ghost stories. And you can go anywhere with it and you're not tied to this thing. Imagine how good that could be. And like, cause, it, I know, cause that's, but what I, that's a shame because like hardcore religion angle. It's to, the shame though, because could, I like, you could do the same movie with that, with them and just don't call them the Warrens. Make a be some older. We, we don't right. see like, we don't see series like this repeated horror series, getting into box office based around characters of like, they're not old, but like they're in their forties. He's probably, he might be in his early fifties or something, but I'm saying like, that's kind of cool. And in its own way is kind of a throwback to have just like, adults be the leads in horror movies and that's why to me i get bummed out that i'm just like i don't know there's, you, there's just such a lack of self-awareness to the characters that it you know who should have been the lead in this film a certain little gentleman named julian hilliard who oh. you may remember from the haunting of hill house he was the uh he was he, the little boy he is the, in this the movie. super right. strength yeah, yeah, yeah. little boy who uh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I liked uh, a lot uh, of the things going on in the third act, and then it's like, psych, just kidding, and that's like one of my least favorite movie like tropes. Well, yeah, the whole narrative so with I the think, main guy is fucking worthless. Like, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Cece, I think to basically before I before I watched this movie, um, I'm, I'm sure y'all kind of at least know of her, but Alexandra West from Faculty of Horror. Um, she did a really good Twitter thread about this. And I mean, she, you know, she writes about, um, films all the time and has a whole chapter about, you know, kind of <sighs> not religiosity, but you know, it, how, how films handle this. And, you know, she kind of talks about how one of the, her favorite things about horror is how it subverts like social norms and, you know, horror really kind of challenges our perception of the world around us at the time. And she talks about how, like, I mean, she gets a little political about it, but, like, the Warrens come back to, like, sell conservative values right now because we're in a we're in a very, like, progressive time. So, like, we're getting a throwback not only to, you know, the satanic panic and, like, movies from the, like, 70s and 80s, but you have them come back. And, you know, I think that we have to have a... Uh, this older couple, like, like Casey said, whether or not it's the Warrens or not, like there's, you could have handled it in a way that like, doesn't expressly focus on their like hopelessness or their like hopeless romantic tendencies and how they're determined to save everybody through their own love and faith, which, you know, is the only way that they can be saved in these movies. Like it's not, I don't know. Like if, if you have a chance, um, well, I can send it because I know John's not on Twitter since we keep <laughs> telling 
trolling John. He's not on Twitter. Honestly, John, it sounds wonderful. Like write down about it. Yeah. No. Well, it makes total sense, right? Like that's what so much of horror is about. Is like we've talked about like the the genre like concept of of um, the threat to sort of like society or whatever set to like. The, the like the dominant norms of society and then those need to be like reestablished at the end and it's actually i hadn't i mean it, i had been thinking about like the fact that they're christian and it's like a pretty important part of like like what does this what is this movie trying to say but like it is interesting like it's it is a true throwback and we've talked a lot about like it's so cornball how like folk yes. it feels so like out of touch with modern society but clearly if these films are popular which i don't know how well this movie is actually doing um, and we probably right. won't know because it's on HBO at the same time. It's like in the studios. Wait, it is? Uh, or in the... So it's yeah. in... I watched yeah, it yeah. on HBO. Oh, I went to the theater. Yeah, well... I, I mean, I would have anyway because uh, I wanted to, but I didn't know that. Yeah, I went to a theater. Yeah, yeah. It was it was yeah. on... It was like a... But but my point being like... Uh, like Or not my point. Like, I'm agreeing with CeCe. Like, the, the concept that like a movie could be quote unquote this popular when it's like basically about... I looked it up. They're both 47, Eric. Oh, you know the relationship of forty-seven-year-old like super Christian. Well, and they're aging like, them up in this movie in fight. particular too. Huh? They're aging them up in this movie. It felt yeah. like. Well, and this movie's also like super duper white, by the way. Like, yeah. it's like yeah. as white a movie as you're gonna find. So white. Yeah, yeah. There is that one cop. There, there's the one cop as a black dude, and he, the guy's like, he puts down three things, and he's like. Okay, if you're psychic, pick the one that blah blah blah. And I'm like screaming oh, at the screen, like, "There's three, there's three things I could probably do this." Like, it, well, it, that was that, and co- it becomes that, a joke. Yeah. But still, that was his way of like, you know, the, yeah. That and then they did you notice like they had that like moment with that cop where he's like kneeling by the grave at the end, like they tried to like make that cop a character, which was so absurd. Yes. Yes. Who is that supposed to be? <laughs> it was ridiculous. That was nonsense. I like too so. the priest that was tagging along. Cause then like, he's just still kind of around after they like yeah. use, after they have need for him. And it's just kind of well, like, um, uh, hold on. Do they have like that's a cool guys. Side, I don't, like, I don't, like I don't have anything to do. I, yeah, have, he's the cameraman. I had absolutely no idea who that guy was when he Is he up. in the other movies? I don't know. I, I, I can't remember. He's not given lines. Like he's literally like, there's like a young Asian man who's and like they make standing no, around. And they make no reference he to... He says Ed a couple times. They make no <laughs> reference to bringing him in or who he is. He's just there in a scene all of a sudden. Yeah. It's so weird. But it really, it's like that. Those are those like avenger moments where it's like... Well, but that's, team but that's also where it's like the movie's so white and then it's like, oh, let, we gotta have the... We're gonna have the, like the Asian sidekick who doesn't get lines but gets to stand over here. Like, I don't know. It's, Yeah. Uh, I would, John, I would guess the real life Warren's <laughs> life might have been like that. If I had, I mean, it's probably true. You're right. That was probably factually accurate. It's just based on a true story. That's all. Well, no, and they no, their sidekick was not a young Asian man. It was, it was you know, was that, I was going to say it was what? What's her name? Piper. It was <laughs> yeah. Like, it was the chicken. Pep, pep Penny. Pish. So this is John. <laughs> I bring yeah, this up every time one of these movies comes up, but there's a documentary. I think it's called My Amityville or something, and it's about the youngest kid in the Lutz family who was like very young when that all that stuff went down. It's his position basically is that uh, his family was basically exploited, and like he also there's just it's very depressing, but it's very fascinating. And I think that was the documentary that has the uh, stock footage of them like yeah. black and white grainy with just a chicken hanging out in their kitchen. 
It's funny talking about the 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 lack of development for some of these characters, like that cop and stuff, and the camera guy. But they did actually do a good job, I thought, building out that character of the evil priest, this lady. Because when they got there to the farm, ran into Walter from the Fringe, or from Fringe, back in the day. And he had this whole little story about how they moved there to protect this stuff. And it was just him and his daughter, and he raised her there and for years, and she she went over to the dark side because she became obsessed with it. I'd watch that movie. That'd be a good spinoff. It'd be better than this movie. <laughs> I felt like he was yep. super underused. That uh, that actor, uh, the fringe guy, what's his name? Uh, John Noble. Dude, yeah. it was. I was shook by how old he looked. He oh, did. Yeah. He did look. Man, yeah, looked I had no old. idea he was that old. Like, because the last time I saw him probably was Fringe, which was like twenty years ago almost. Yeah, he's got to be pushing eighty, at least. I know. Maybe Fringe. No, fringe was like fifteen. Fringe was around the time we started the show, actually. Yeah. I like cannot even find the camera guy in IMDb. It's driving me crazy. I don't know. We'll, we'll <laughs> he like doesn't get a credit. He's just like, yeah, we just found some guy. He's in the movie too. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, uh, I just want to see somebody make a really funny supercut of Lorraine Warren running through the forest. Yeah, there's, there's I'm some... sorry, but her stabbing, like her. Oh yes! I, like, like, I mean, it, she, I will say, Vera embodied an old woman. Sadly, <laughs> yes, she I no, like she goes for like it. Present day Lorraine doing that. She goes for it. I also like that Patrick Wilson stops her, and I'm just like, she's just stabbing the air, dude. You can let her go. You can let her finish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just let her let her wear herself. Let out this there. play itself my, out. Yeah. My favorite Lorraine line though was early on when they found the stain in the floor and they're standing outside the uh, crawl space and Patrick Wilson's like, Oh, I wish I wasn't. So, you know, on my cane and stuff, I would, I need to go there with you. And she's like, hold my purse. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Oh, you'll mess up your dress. And I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) She's like, whatever. Hold my purse. The the moment in this movie that made me laugh the most actually. And this is like a conjuring universe thing. The picture of the nun like, you know, the one that's like hanging in their house. Yeah. That is the most absurd fucking painting I've ever yeah, seen. Cause it was the creepy every, nun, wasn't every it? Every time I see it, I'm just like, what is it? Like someone <laughs> thought this is like a real painting. Like, well, it's like Annabelle and the Annabelle doll well, exactly. could not look stupider. Like it's, it's, it's I so get comical. that they couldn't use a raggedy Ann doll, but like you could make a very minimalist thing that's similar to yeah. that. That would be yeah. terrifying. Uh-huh. Not this like I love Annabelle. Ridiculous. I'm, like, I'm in on that because it's so absurd looking. It's so and dumb. and like in the movie when kids are like, oh, I want to play with the Annabelle doll. It's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> no kids can look at that doll and be like, sweet. Yeah, get this <laughs> demon doll away from me. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, god. The yes. nun. Subtle, that was a movie. Subtlety. I don't remember anything about the nun whatsoever. <laughs> I remember that painting I... basically. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that I saw that one to be honest. I just remember Honestly, Insid- I remember Tunnels and Crosses. I remember There's Insid- a connection there. <laughs> I remember Insidious 3 being hilarious. That's about it. I think I've seen all of the Conjuring Universe films now. I'm, I'm no completist. Yeah. So. Wait. The only one we didn't cover on the show. Oh, that's I think, Ro- is Roseburn is Annabelle Insidious. That's right. Yeah. I'm sure. The third one, right? I'm sure that's the one, John, that really nails it. Second. All right, guys. 
It, uh, the we, second one that was the I remember we saw the second one because they had that scene with the hospital bed down in the basement as the lights were flickering. Oh, uh, you're right. It was the it's the origin story, right? Yeah. Would yeah. you recommend this, Cece? No. John. No. Casey. Nope. Yeah, I mean, I'm just a dumb internet critic, John. What do I know? But if you love all these <laughs> movies, you'll probably like this one too. But I wouldn't recommend it to just people wanting to know. There's just so many movies. Like, just watch a different movie. There's yeah. There's no. There's no dearth of content. There's better. There's better movies about exorcisms and being possessed and people killing people, pretending or not pretending to be possessed. So our 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 dear friend Caitlin covered uh, the last exorcism. Fantastic. That's what I was gonna say. Watch that one. You know what I watched today, John? Wolf of Wall Street. That's a better movie than this. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, still possessed by. A demon, but yeah, you know, yeah, different, different kind. kind. <laughs> Called capitalism. All right, guys, let's take a quick break and do some fan mail. Welcome to a brand new nightmare. Great to be back in business. The final nightmare. Did you mind your girlfriend? I want to help. This is my favorite. It's got to be me and him. We're gonna have to hit him with everything I've got. Cool. Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. They saved the best for last. Rated R. Starts Friday, September 13th at a theater near you. Hey, I'm Lisa Zane from Nightmare on Elm Street, and you are listening to Bloody Good Horror. CC, thank you for posting this link in the chat to this thread. I'm, I'm reading this thread here by Alexandra West. I can already tell it is um, a much uh, more eloquent take on my feelings and the horns yeah. than I could muster. I recommend people, <laughs> ch- people check out at ScareAlex. You can check out Alexandra's uh, explanation of why the horns are poopy. And uh, there you are. Info at bloodygoodhorror.com. John, there are no emails this week. I will take some time here to promote a couple things. First up, as you mentioned, Plug It Up. BGH Presents Plug It Up has been killing it lately. Um, their latest episode on Audrey Rose, John, doing doing big numbers, John. It's having a nice little week. That's right. <laughs> check that out. As Cece said, Cece, you, your, wit, your episode on The Witch is up there. People can check out. Also, the last Exorcism episode. There's a bunch of really interesting movies covered and guests. Uh, plug it up pod on social stuff and just search plug it up in your podcast apps. And believe me, you will not miss the cover art. You'll see it. If you search that, John, you will see it. 
Quick shout out here, John. Um, There's been all this creativity lately coming out of the BGH community. It's very exciting. There's a new podcast on the way called Dads from the Crypt. Can you guess what Mm. this is about, John? I I know what it's about. It's Uh, about, it's three dads, uh, Jason, Mondo, and Jody, uh, BGH fans, slackers, patrons, um, and they're going to watch Tales from the Crypt episodes. And John, I produced the theme for their show, the music for them. Um, they have not released an episode yet, but you can, uh, search Twitter for at crypt dads, which kind of sounds like, um, a sex thing now that I look at it that way, but, um, like spooky. That, that's, uh, that could be good though. That that's like a positive in marketing. Yeah, like what's your sexual orientation? I'm a crypt dad. Yeah. Crypt you know? dad. Um, but yeah, at crypt dad. <laughs> at crypt dads on twitter <laughs> check them out you can hear the show soon and my music on that show my music john of course under hi-fi hy-fy i have two new eps out it's all on spotify now so you can go listen to it john you've held out this long might be time i have listen i follow <laughs> you on spotify <laughs> love it i um, follow hi-fi excuse me Yes. You go by, I know you go by your professional name. That's right. My professional. Um, <laughs> I will grab here Instagram questions. Does somebody else have, anybody else have Twitter open? I've got the tweets up. All right. Why don't you go for it, buddy? All right. Our first uh, one coming up here. Always use the ask BGH hashtag. Send in questions. We're happy to answer. First one here is from definitely not Alex Jones at Alex Jones. Uh, is John Moonlighting on a true pod- crime podcast? I definitely heard his name with a producer credit at the end of the last episode of a new true crime show. I won't name it so they don't get a free plug and potentially put more money in John Monopoly Man Schnars' pockets. I mean, I've never heard of another Schnars in the last, how long have I known you, John? Almost 15 years. And believe me, I'm always on the lookout. Well, no, I, I assume it was one of the podcasts for the company I work for Oh, you it's get a credit? A, I get a I oh. get a special thanks credit. Wow. I get a special thanks credit. How did I not know this? Yeah, when you, look, Eric, when you when you do the deals, when you're the deal guy, you gotta you gotta throw some love, you know? So, do you do the man bun? Do you do the man bun when you're trying to cut deals? Is that like a power no. move, power move? No, I'm I let it flow, man. Yeah, that's, I, I, that's, work. that's the power move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Strong flow. You're peak you're peacocking it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I read about exactly. that in a business book. That's that makes I, sense. That's how I describe it. <laughs> uh, All right. Next up from Elijah Woody Harrelson. What did you do? Or no, I'm sorry. Let me start that over. I what fucking, did you I love, or do you I love miss the most Twitter about name. going to the movie theater? For me, it was the crippling anxiety of having to pee during the movie. Just kidding. It was eating Sour Patch Kids like a monster in public. Oh, we've had this discussion. I... um proactively regulate my fluid intake all day before I go to see a movie. So it's usually not a problem. And I usually see them in the morning. So it doesn't, it's not that hard. But. I like, I don't have to think about it that much yet. I don't know. Maybe I like, I, John, I think a lot about my, I, I, I think a lot about my inputs and outputs, John, I guess that's mm-hmm. a way to say it. Yeah. It's nice to not have to worry about peeing, but that's, I miss everything else. Yeah. I just, I love just being like, enveloped in the movie like i just the size of the screen i mean it sounds silly but that's like what it is it was not i mean it was even though i was seeing this movie it was super nice to get back into like a legit theater i will say that i miss um like i live some in a different place now and i was i was in a completely different place when i saw the movie but 
I think I'm completely spoiled by the um, regal leather chairs. Like I need to find that or I can't. Like I went to that indie theater down the road and it's like auditorium style wooden seats. And I'm like, what, yeah. what is it? 1899? Like it is. I always feel that way when it's like, Oh yeah, this is such like a cool throwback theater. It's like, yeah, you mean you got Dude, city. I was so in so city. much pain by the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Liz at mod Amsterdam writes, I think we can all agree that the conjuring three subtitle, the devil made me do it should have gone back into the writing desk. Hellfire whence it came. Yes. What's a better subtitle for this movie? Oh, oh God. God. Uh, Ed loves Lorraine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> we need it. We, this is the kind of thing we need, we need prep for. Um, yeah. yeah. Love and exorcism. <laughs> <laughs> Gazebos. Gazebos. <laughs> We've got two here from the Grim Reviewer. The first question, he says, who on the podcast is most likely to go around cursing people? And we already know it's already CeCe. <laughs> oh yes they said that or that was your that's your no, that was my input oh, yeah. <laughs> could be joe actually i mean no that's cursing more, at people not cursing them more like a warlock situation i guess i don't know <laughs> and then the grim reviewer follow, follows that up with did anyone else think that arn from the conjuring was played by bill skarsgård at first no. He's a little bit, but he's a little bit scars guardian profile. There's like a yeah. weird, like he looks yeah. kind of familiar look to him, but I don't know. I did not care for that actor really. He's all right. Yeah. Nah, he was, he was passable. All right. Old friend of the show, Robale writes in, if a deli named a sandwich after you, what would be in it? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah. that's a good question, but Turkey. Yeah. Very, this is very important. Mayo on both sides of the bread, like liberal mayo on both sides of the bread. Uh, lettuce. On the outside, no. Casey, <laughs> on the top, <laughs> on the top and the bottom on the inside of the sandwich. Okay, all sides mayo. <laughs> yeah, uh, lettuce, tomato, pickles, and uh, 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 cheddar cheese. So my standard bodega deli order is pepper turkey. Okay. It's important. Got it. On a roll, <clears throat> spicy mustard, lettuce, tomato, cheddar cheese. That could be the, nice. that's the schnars. No mayo. <laughs> no, I go spicy, <laughs> spicy mustard with the pepper turkey. It's like a nice, you know. Yeah. I'm really basic. I just like either ham or turkey and spicy mustard, cheese, and a little bit of the lettuce. God. I'd have On some wheat. pastrami and roast beef. Wheat's always the go to for I me too. I keep like backup jars of mayo in my house just to be safe in case I Look, run out of I, mayo. I like mayo. I'm just saying yes. that on that specific sandwich, yeah. I go I, spicy mustard. There's no sandwich that I don't have mayo on. None. See, mine would have some pastrami mixed with some roast beef, and then you'd have to go with the horseradish mayo. Yeah, horseradish. Yeah. See, all these things you guys some are talking Swiss. about. All these things you guys are talking about, though, even better with also mayo. Like spicy oh, mustard. Mayo. Mayo. Now, I'm, now, now you're talking. Now I'm in business. Yeah, it's got some bite. Yeah. Chipotle mayo. Love a Chipotle mayo. Yeah. Good stuff. Long time listener, long time Twitterer, Renee asks, what was the first movie you ever saw in the theater? Mine was Fern Gully. And that was Renee's Fern Gully comment, not mine. 
I don't actually know, but I theorize that it was the original Ninja Turtles live action movie. So it would have been 1990. I would have been like eight, but it's possible that I just did something early that I don't remember. I definitely, what year did Waterworld came out? Cause, cause I saw that at, uh, at the drive. That would have been Ninja Turtles was 90. So Waterworld was after that. I, uh, someone, there was a similar question. Cause I remember I looked it up. There was a re-release of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves that I saw in the theater when I wow. think I was like four or five. Um, Family just trying to bore the living crap out of you. It was my grandmother. And <laughs> that was like a movie she loved because she's a grandmother and boring movies yeah. are like, I remember choice. we had this babysitter so. sometimes that would babysit when we were kids. She was like, to us, she was like 120. And I remember <laughs> her trying to make us watch the sound of music one time. And it was just like, we're not going to do this. Sound of music is super long. Too. Yeah. <laughs> it was a two, it was a two VHS. Like, why are you situation. doing this to me? Yeah. I honestly don't remember for sure, but my mom swears she took me to the theater to see Star Wars when, so I would have been like three. Yeah, I have no idea what the first one I saw was. The only thing, the one that jumps out in my head right now, and I know it wasn't the first, was uh, Temple of Doom. Mm. What was that, 84? Yeah. I just know I saw that one in the theater. Here's the moment uh, tonight in our tweets that Schnars has been waiting for from Hoagie Lover at CO underscore W Flanagan. Yo, all through this movie, I was getting hot AF watching Patrick Whitebread and Vera Fargina only to see the homely real Warrens during the credits and have my little guy turtle up. Who should Jesus. really play them? I, I mean, you want to talk about... Goggins. Dude, listen. No, I love some Walton Goggins. Listen, you oh want to talk God. about you want to talk about generous casting? Let's talk about Patrick oh, it's, Wilson it's as Ed Warren. Next level outrageous. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. No, that's actually the Danny McBride Walter guy. I've been, wa- we've been watching We've been watching <laughs> Gemstones and uh oh, yeah. they're so oh, good. Danny well, McBride Danny McBride in like, in like a in like a yeah. sweaty baby Billy. Danny yeah. McBride in like a sweaty '70s like terry cloth polo shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Uh, Walt Goggins, though, you guys saw him, or did you all see him on Sons of Anarchy? He could probably pull off Lorraine. Dude, as Venus, need, like I mean, I love, yeah. I love Walt Goggins. He's yeah, so he's good. Great. See, he's in one of the pods that we did for work. Deep cover. You got to check it out. He's oh, like he voices. Yeah, yeah. Is that what the kids okay. are? Is that what the did kids you meet are, him? John, is that what the kids are calling him? Pods. Pods, yeah. I did not meet him, Casey, but I did get to speak to his manager. Uh, oh. who was not quite the same. I wonder no, if he had a man bone too. All righty. Last up for tonight from Erie, Arizona. Apparently UFOs are real now. What's your theory on who or what is piloting them? Oh, I so have a total the most, theory. I haven't this. read that much about this, but isn't the most obvious thing that because they said they're not UFOs, right? But like, why are we not assuming they're not uh, like drones that like fucking China or Russia are just like because flying I think around? that because I think that they have been able to determine that like there is no known technology that could do what these things are doing that which is and they are still classified them as UFOs. Yeah, but UFO that meaning mean UFO means that they're equipment. not extraterrestrial. Basically. Well, th- the government's always going to say that, John. All right. For the sake of this argument, okay, let's say it is. Let's say it is extraterrestrial. Okay. That's he, bad for us. Like we're all fucked. But here's my theory. Here's my theory, and why a thing I find interesting. Considering how our own technology has gone, right? Everything is going towards like 
AI pilotless, whatever, like in the fifties, right. When you started, when you thought you were seeing people thought they were seeing aliens, they couldn't have known that because Mm -hmm. that's not where our technology was. But like, why would you ever assume that a craft sent here from another planet had any living being in it? Wouldn't it absolutely be some kind of like unmanned pro like probe that was just controlled by AI. So it's just funny though. It's funny though to contextualize it by people who lived in the fifties who couldn't have really no, like thought that because that would have wouldn't have even made sense. And so to them, a UFO just had little green guys. And I don't know, it's just kind of interesting. It would definitely be a drone, like an unmanned hey, drone. Yeah. I they're not just little green men. I saw the autopsy video <laughs> when it aired the first time. Sorry, they're grays. <laughs> have you all gray. have you all read this book or heard of this book, uh, The Three Body Problem? It's like a tr- there's yes. a trilogy, but, no. That's a good uh, book. Yeah, I only I've only read the first one, but it like it actually, Eric, like hits on exactly what you're talking about. And it's like even it's like very specific about the, like the alien race that exists in that. Book. Well, it's a spoiler. I shouldn't get into it. It's but. fiction. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Got but it. it's got a lot of uh, real world based science and physics to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. It's like very that it's like there's cool. a lot of hard sci fi type stuff going on. But I like hard sci fi, John. I know mm-hmm. it's it's got to be hard for you. I mean. <laughs> you know how I'm living. Back just in time. <laughs> Welcome back, Cece. Uh, is that it, Casey, for Twitter? That is it. I love it. I pulled up uh, Joe's not here. I pulled up Instagram. We're gonna do a little different this week. I'm gonna I'm gonna say these people's uh, handles here, John. Joe's usually yeah, going anonymous. Yeah. And guess what? If you ask some Real Housewives question, sorry, bro, not your week. We don't know. <laughs> we don't care or no. Uh, number one, Dig Dug says of any pro- oh i'm sorry before that our um friend who doesn't use the form would like to know what did the devil make you do i've definitely i said a lot of a lot of different stuff yeah, actually i've definitely had some mornings where i woke up and thought whatever happened last night <laughs> with the devil was involved jesus i don't know that the devil made me order that extra order of fries i did uh when i i think i talked about i'm sure i talked about it on, on the show at the time but when i had shingles about eight or nine years ago, like I remember saying to everyone who would listen to me, like if this happened before science, you would think you had been smited by God. Like it made me think of like paintings where people are in hell and they're being stabbed by like pitchforks. Like that's what it made me think of. <laughs> Shingles, no fun. Uh, Dig Duke of any person who's ever been alive, who would you least like to be trapped in an elevator with? Uh, easy. He's ever been alive. Yeah, I mean, forty-five Ed would probably be Ed like high on the list now. Who's that? Uh, that um, conservative child man who's like an incel with a really high, like Kermit the Frog voice, Charlie Kirk. I don't know. That <laughs> is, I mean, I would say like Ted Cruz would be like pretty high on my list. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Or uh, there's probably a lot of people I don't want to be in an elevator with. The list is long, I think. Yeah. Oh my God. For sure. Uh, jaded lyrics. Why is Joe so sexy? Uh, come on. That's that's a plan. That's that was, like Joe that's has Joe's like handle. <laughs> and Joe has a burner account, I guess. Prisoner 007. What film that you saw in 2020 do you wish was delayed to 2021 to see in theaters? Easy. Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. I would have. I mean, that did come out in 2021, technically. But. Well, you know what I mean. I I wish it would have it's, came out after I was vaccinated. How's that? Yeah, it's still close enough to push it. 
Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see much. I don't know. There wasn't like a month. There wasn't many things where I was like, oh, I just wish, you know, but yeah. Uh, Book of Faces. How do I prevent swamp ass this summer? That's a good question. I, I, I actually you don't. don't. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> I think the real yeah. answer is that you you embrace it and accept it. Like, Well, I was going to say, you find the outfits that make it work. Like that are like, it's survivable. Like don't wear clothes where it's like super obvious, obviously, you know, like. Well, it's I, tough, John, the balance between like, I need enough layers so you can't totally see it, but, but this is going to make me hotter. <laughs> no, so, but there's like, you get the right colors. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Everyone's got swamp ass, man. Just, just accept it. Like we're all humans. Our butts well, have swamps. Like that's just get like a, get like a chair that breathes appropriately. Like maybe like a cushion or something. There's got to be things you can do to like kind of. Um, not a scientist, Eric. So John's just saying, wear your uh, moisture wicking running wear to work. Yeah, moisture. Yeah. <laughs> that's such BS. Moisture wicking <laughs> scam. Um, has there ever been a time when special effects are better than practical? When is off screen better? I think actually, I mean, to continue a thread here, like you could not do those Godzilla versus Kong movies the same way without CG. Like you could not make them as epic as they are. Yeah. Yeah, You wouldn't. Well, they did make them that way. Like in the fifties and sixties. Yeah. And they're silly. Well, that's my point. It's just not the same. No, I mean, the effects are getting so good now that it's like, it is kind of le- like, it's less of a debate. Like yeah, the, we're the out, CG is really good. We're out of that n- awkward 90s area, era where they were just figuring it out. So stuff's actually looking pretty legit for a good chunk of them. Of course, your sci-fi originals fail at that. Um, Eric, I'll tell you, Joe is usually much snappier at this. Well, I'm reading John. Um, someone more culture than me will have to answer this. Gaspar, no movies, yes or no way. Did he didn't direct? I mean, did, yeah, he, he did climate. Oh, then yes. Like, yeah. Then yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say yes for sure. Okay, you you are cultured. <laughs> that's that's right, Cece. Thank you. Hey, look at you. I mean, they're they're like challenging films, but. Any good horror TV series you'd recommend? I'm looking forward to Evil Evil Season 2 on Paramount+. Plus. Has anyone watched them on uh, Amazon? No. Because that trailer was pretty good. I remember Eric got really excited about it, and I was like, hey, bro, that's a TV show, not a movie. And That made me angry. <laughs> I don't have time for TV shows. I recommend, John, Tales from the Dark Side from the 1980s syndicated anthology program. I've I've seen it. I've seen many of them. I don't know if I've seen. I've certainly haven't seen them all. But that and monsters. We used to also, watch those. On- monsters. And if you have not seen Tales from the Crypt, that show super holds up. Yeah. And, hey, watch it with our buddies. Uh, right. But somehow, Mondo for some reason, they're not Jason. on HBO, which is ridiculous. They're not on HBO Max. Yeah, I don't understand. But that. what it must I will be a rights thing. Pro tip. A lot of them are on YouTube and have not been pulled down, like in HD. So I would Google Google that. I I was wondering about that, like why a lot of, a lot of that old HBO stuff, like from back in the day, is not. It's very HBO. interesting. It makes me wonder because I would be all over that if the, those were up there. Uh, can I borrow your shoes, Jeff Hawkins? I don't think they'd fit you, sir. I'm sorry. Paul, 
What's your favorite horror-related chocolate slash candy bar? What horror-related? All right, I'm part, getting, like give me one. I'm example. getting rid of that part. What's your favorite chocolate bar, John? Uh, Snickers. Yeah, that's a strong contender. Cece. Uh, Snickers or Butterfingers. Casey. Butterfingers. I'll go with the peanut butter cup. I'm gonna swerve here. It's whatchamacallit. Oh, that's a good one. I would too. stab a man for a good whatchamacallit. Also, Reese's fast break. The fast break is Ooh. quite good. Yeah. yeah. Real good. That's pretty much your peanut butter cup with some salt in it, right? Yeah, it's just it's just different. It's just like a different shape, but it's it I don't know. It's real good. Um My dog's coughing. It's pretty cool. Uh, what is the best movie universe? Dare I say it's the Conjureverse? That's from Merle. No, you no. dare not. I don't think you you're correct. Not. Sorry, you dare not, don't, sir. Don't agree. <laughs> I think it might be the Kong Skull Island universe, whatever the Kong Godzilla universe. Because I mean, I don't know. The Marvel stuff is fine. I'm I'm fine with it. The Mar- the Marvel stuff, the way that they have planned this out in all these phases, and it's they've got this crap. Pl- planned out for decades it's pretty impressive yeah no no totally and and like wandavision was excellent like yeah. you know so i that haven't watched like Lucky a thing yet, i would that looked like a thing good. i would have had to really see all the other things for and I, i'm not no wandavision you don't need to yeah they're, they're kind they're kind of their own thing that's what's nice too with that whole marvel universe and the way they're doing those tv shows is they have found the proper way to do uh, character origins stories. Mm-hmm. So we're not watching. We're not. Ha- we don't have five movies telling us how Batman's parents died, so to speak. Yeah. How did they die? No, <laughs> I do know that. Depends on which Batman. <laughs> yeah. And that's it for Twitter, John. Do we know what we're doing next week? We got a. Uh, we got a couple contenders. There's a couple newer things we were just looking at. Uh, let's. Let's see that we can we can stable it. Yeah. Cool. Love it. Well, we're back. Accidentally took a week off last week, John. I forgot to put <laughs> put a classic in the feed. But here That's we okay. are. Um it's I, as you were saying a email, it's probably about to get hot and heavy here with horror releases. So get excited, people. It's happening. We got Fear Street coming. Yeah. Yes. Three of them. I'm pretty psyched for those. Those look really good. Um all right, guys. That's going to do it. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll talk to you next week. See you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.